This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. This morning, we're going to be entering into a three-week in-between time. So if you know much about the Christian year, you know that we, in the December time frame, went through Advent, celebrated Christmas, and then we spent January, um, we went through Epiphany, and spent January doing a sermon series called Too Busy to Be Present. Um, This series was something that we felt was really important for our church because in today's world, we often are too busy to be present with God, too busy to be present with one another, and too busy to be present in our work. And so each week um, during that series, we talked about how scripture speaks into our lives and calls us to really be present in an amazing way with God in our daily lives um, and with one another. In a few weeks, we're going to be going into the season of Lent, which in the church, if you've been a part of it, you know that that's a time leading up to Easter. It's 40 days in which we journey with Jesus to the cross. It's a time of reflection, um, of introspection and repentance. It's where we look at our lives and we see, where do I need to grow in holiness? Uh, We are a church that believes that scripture speaks powerfully into our lives. Um, And in fact, in our our mission, we believe that we are, are called to be people who are inspired and centered in scripture and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so during that 40 days of Lent, we're going to journey together with this devotional guide from Richard Rohr called Wondrous Encounters. This is a great devotional guide. It's very easy to read. It'd be great for your family to pick up in Crossroads today or any of the next couple weeks. And all of our small groups and our Sunday school classes are going to be journeying with us together through this. Our sermon series will be based on this book, Wondrous Encounters, a 40 day journey together. But between now and then, what do we do? What do we use to fill up these three weeks to help us springboard and jump off into what God has for us as we get ready to celebrate Christ's resurrection at Easter? Well, as Tim and I were talking about this campus-based series, which means that we're doing this series here and the other campuses are doing their own thing, we realized what better way to move forward and get ready for uh, Lent than to spend some time really digging deep into Scripture, to look at the Scripture text and to try to see how it speaks to us. And so we picked a book of the Bible in the New Testament that's relatively short that we can get through in the next three weeks. And we're going to journey together in this scripture. What we're going to do is we're going to try to break it down so that we can ask three questions of any text in scripture and be able to have the Holy Spirit speak to us through that. Um, This morning, we're going to take a closer look at James 1, but we're going to ask ourselves each week these three questions. The first is, where is God in this passage? Where is God's presence um, through Christ in this passage? The second is, where are we in this passage? So where am I in this passage? And third, where do we go from here? And we believe that we can ask these three questions of any text and that God will use that to speak powerfully into our lives. So if you have your Bible with you this morning or you have your app on your phone, I invite you to turn or to swipe with me (laughs) to James. Uh, Chapter 1, we're going to be reading from verses 19 through 27. Knowing this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness and welcome the word planted deep inside you the very word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. 
Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating us. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit in this place. Speak through me and in spite of me a word that might encourage us to be doers of your word and not simply hearers. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At my last church, we experienced a change in our lead pastor after my first year there. And so my lead pastor, Mickey Rainwater, in his last session with us as a staff, he said, I want you to remember one thing. If there's anything that you've learned from me over my time here with you, these five years that I've been your pastor, it's that the church is not static. The church is dynamic. What he meant by that was that the church is constantly moving and living and breathing, that the Holy Spirit rushes into the church and causes it to be alive in a way. You know, I think of Scripture in that same way, that Scripture is not static, it's dynamic. Meaning that although these words are 2,000 or more years old uh, in the New Testament, the Old Testaments, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a way that makes these scriptures come alive. This word is dynamic. It's living and breathing and moving among us. And so for us to go deeper into scripture means that we're going to be open to what God has to say for us in this passage. As we think about the first question about this text in James, uh, where is God in this passage, I think it's important for us to kind of know where James is coming from. James is speaking to a group of early believers in the church. He says to the 12 tribes of Israel that are scattered around. And these people are experiencing persecution. Um, The Roman Empire is growing, and they're constantly feeling um, that they are outsiders, um, that the law of the land is, is not speaking truth into their lives. And so they need to be reminded that they are the people of God. Sound familiar at all? We need to be reminded that we are the people of God. And so James, he writes this letter to these believers, and he's, he's pretty forward with them. He just tells it like it is because he knows that they're struggling. They're struggling with all this opposition, and they're struggling to, to remember who they are and whose they are. And so in order for us to kind of see where God is in this passage, I want to go back to verses 17 and 18 where we read that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And these gifts come down from the Father, the creator of the heavenly lights, in whose character is no change at all. He chose to give us birth by his true word, and here is the result. We are like the first crop from the harvest of everything he created. 
And in these two verses, it was important for James to remind the people that every good gift that you receive is from above, that God is the one who created us. God is the one who formed and shaped your identity, and that you should um, root yourself, uh, root everything that you are in who God has called you to be, that you are the first crop from the harvest that he planted. That's really important for us to, to realize that we are important to God, that we have been called to be Christ's followers in the world, and that God is, is there to, to be a giver of good gifts, but also calls us, challenges us to live out the word in a powerful way. And so James sets the stage for what he thinks is critical for his believers. Um, They're having all these voices come in from the outside trying to tell them who they are and whose they are, and he needs to remind them that they are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. And so we have to establish that it was God who created us. That is where God is in this passage. And for us to do that, for us to really um, know what God is saying to us, we have to ask the second question. Where are we in this passage? Where are we in this passage? Now, each of us reads scripture through our own personal lens of faith. Uh, We have our own experiences and unique identities, and that shapes how the text comes alive to us. Now, about 11 weeks ago, the lens through which I read scripture was a little different. I was very pregnant at the time. And since then, I have become a mother. And so, for me, I read scripture texts through the lens of being a mom. So this week, as I was praying and and thinking about this text, I started looking at what James says about being doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, And the, the part about looking in a mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like, um, for me, one of the most amazing gifts uh, of being a mother is also the challenging uh, gift of being a mother, and that is trying to figure out wh- who your child is and how they um, how they're called to interact, how they're interacting with you in life. Now, I have loved babies from. Uh, when I was very, very little. My mom will tell you that when she brought my sister home from the hospital, she came in to meet me at my grandma's before she'd read somewhere, you know, come in by yourself and, and welcome, you know, love on the older child and then introduce the baby. And I said to her, I didn't want, care anything about her or that I hadn't seen her in a few days. I said, where's my baby sister? <laughs> Immediately, I wanted my baby sister. Um, I, lo- I used to line up my baby dolls in a row and put them down for a nap. And my babies, they were always hungry when I was ready to feed them. Um, they uh, always wanted a diaper change when I was ready to change their diaper. And it was amazing. I would lay them down to sleep and their eyes would magically close. <laughs> and they would stay asleep as long as I wanted them to. So I thought I had this mothering thing down. Somebody said, Amanda, you look great. It's like, it's amazing what makeup can do to help you with sleep deprivation, right? So the last um, 11 weeks of his life, I've been trying to figure out my son, learning his different cues and and getting to know his personality and who he is. And for me, one of the most... uh the most beautiful weeks was week five. Now, if you know anything about babies, uh, they have these theories that they go through these developmental leaps. All of them go through these leaps about the same time. And so if your baby is particularly fussy one week, maybe he's developing um, greater senses than he ever has before, and he's experiencing the world in a, a different way. So what happens at week five um, is, is something called changing sensations for a baby. 
they are developing a greater awareness of what is going on around them. They're no longer just eating, sleeping, and dirtying diapers. They are beginning to be awake for longer. They're looking around. And I'll never forget the first time that Owen looked at me and actually saw me. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. When a baby looks at you and it's more than just a blank stare behind their eyes, but they actually see you. And they start to respond to you. They start to mimic your actions or smile when you smile. They seem to understand what you're talking about. They actually begin to see you. And so for me, when I think about what James is talking about in this scripture, is that we as people of faith, we go through these developmental leaps. Maybe before we were mature believers, we might have looked at the text on the page and read it. And it didn't really resonate within us. But as we grow as people of faith, we're called to look at the text and really see it. Have it come alive to us in a way that is different than it has before. To be able to respond and mimic what the text is telling us to do. The same way that Owen responds and mimics me now that he really sees me. So when I think about this text today and what James is calling us to do, he's calling us to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Doers requires us to be a part of doing something active. It's an action word. It's a verb to do something. So where do we go from here? How do we really become doers of the word? Well, for me, uh, where I see where this text is speaking to me is um, as a sleep-deprived mom, I need to reorder and remember that I have to be in the Word every single day. Um, You know, taking care of Owen's needs were my first priority, but I need to make sure that Scripture is right there and that I'm, I'm reading Scripture and really getting into it and having it speak to me. Um, It should be something that for all of us is more than just coming in on Sunday morning and hearing the word proclaimed and then not thinking about it again until the next Sunday whenever you come back. Um, As Tim and I were talking about how to equip and empower us to journey together these next three weeks through James, uh, we decided what better way than to actually engage in some spiritual disciplines as we prepare for Lent. Um, We're going to actually make available to all of us a reading plan through James uh, that's going to be available either this afternoon or early tomorrow morning on our Facebook page and our social media on our website um, so that you can journey together with us through short scripture readings and reflection. What I encourage you to do is maybe if you like to write, to journal, to write those three questions at the top of your page. Where is God in this passage? Uh, Where are we or where am I in this passage? And finally, where do we go from here? Where do I go from here? I think that uh, James is telling us very clearly that we have to be doers of God's word. In order for us to do God's word in the world, we have to be um, putting it on our, writing it on our hearts and actually seeing it come to life in our lives. So my prayer for you is that over the next few days that you will engage in this discipline. And as we prepare that you might be prayerful about what God is calling you to do during Lent. Um, If you've been a part of the church, you know that sometimes during Lent people might give up something that distracts them. Um, Some 
Our founder, John Wesley, fasted every single week um, to help him grow closer to God. Some of you might be called to fast from a meal. Um, Some of you might be called to fast from social media or from some other kind of distraction that um, pulls you away from your time with God. Um, So let's begin to, to take baby steps and to get our feet wet into what God is calling us to by adding this spiritual discipline of reading scripture every single day and asking those three questions. Where is God in this passage and where where are we? Where am I and um, where, where do we go from here? Um, as you take a minute to reflect on how God is calling you to respond, I want to invite the van to come to come up as they begin to prepare to lead us in our closing song. Uh, think about how God is calling you to respond. Uh, maybe you need to write that down. I know if, if you're like me, I forget things very quickly, so I have to write it down. Um, there's space on your bulletin to write it down, or maybe you want to jot a note in your smartphone um, to remind you how God is speaking to you in this moment and what God is calling you to do as a result of this message. Um, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for the way that your scripture is dynamic, that it lives and moves and breathes among us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be doers of your word, to really look at scripture and have have a way for us to see the way you're working in it. Lord, help us as we are obedient to you and seek to grow in our faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.